Hello and welcome to the Currency Exchange, NatWest Markets FX podcast, where we break down the major themes and events driving currency markets this week and in the weeks ahead. Today, I'm joined by none other than our US co-head of G10 FX strategy, Brian Dangerfield. It is the perfect week for Brian to join us because we have seen some stellar US data. Despite all the Fed's aggressive tightening cycle, the US economy just doesn't seem capable of slowing down. We've seen U.S. yields um, reach new highs for 2023, and the dollar is being dragged along with it, having repercussions across global FX markets. Brian, what are you making of these moves in U.S. yields, and what do you think the implication is for the U.S. dollar? Yeah, sure. Thank you very much for having me, Emer. So, uh, as you mentioned, U.S. yields have moved uh, higher, and now we've broken to the top side of the range. In fact, we're at year highs uh, in a number of curve points after some very strong data. Now, we're recording on Thursday ahead of the non-farm payroll report and ahead of a couple of other important data points uh, that the Fed will have to consider. But you know, independently of not just uh, today's banner session ADP, stronger than expected, uh, ISM uh, services stronger than expected, We've also had, generally speaking, activity data has been quite a bit stronger over the last few weeks. If you look at economic surprise indexes, uh, for example, we try and measure the scale of data uh, results relative to market expectations. Those have been pushing higher over the last couple of weeks because you've really seen pretty consistent upward surprises in a number of cases in U.S. economic data. And really, you have seen U.S. yields have been pushing higher. That's really been a theme over the last month or so, you know, we're up over 100 basis points now in the two-year yield um, since the beginning of May. Uh, and a lot of that has come because of stronger data. But when you, when you look across FX, especially in the G10 space, um, dollar moves have been relatively contained. And I think it's important that you sort of bring in the overall context that U.S. yields have been rising, but global yields have been rising alongside the dollar yields in most cases. So, you know, we're not just looking at strong labor markets and higher rates in the United States. We're also looking at strong activity data and hawkish central bank decisions really across the G10. So you have big rises in front end yields across economies. I mean, the United Kingdom is probably the one that stands out most, right, where you have stronger than expected data uh, on the labor market and unacceptably high inflation, forcing the Bank of England into a 50 basis point rate hike at their last meeting. So we have seen this U.S. economic data have improved, U.S. rates have risen, uh, but that's not something that's happening in a vacuum. We're not talking about the U.S. being the only economy facing these pressures. And, you know, for you, uh, for, for FX markets, we know that everything is relative. And so uh, the fact that you're seeing a lot of these economies moving in this direction at the same time is certainly in the G10 space has kind of limited the dollar move. So if you look at the dollar index, you're relatively stable throughout this period of rising rates. I mean, but when you think about the dollar and the outlook going ahead, you know, our outlook has been on the dovish side as regards to the U.S. economy and to the Fed. Uh, but these data have been very consistently surprising to the top side. And certainly that presents a challenge uh, to that view. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that in FX, it's not just about the yield, it's about yield differentials and they're the driving factors. And you make such a good point about the extent of the moves we've seen in US yields, but actually relatively stable or a lot more muted in the dollar. I guess looking ahead, what do you think are kind of the key points to watch out for and what the market's really going to be zoning in on uh, when it comes to the dollar? 
So I think it really is going to come down to this data because it's so important for the Fed outlook, um, not just the data on the activity front, but also on the inflation side. I think it's really important to differentiate that a lot of the inflation data that we have seen has not been as strong as the activity data. If you look at the ISM services data that was released on Thursday, for example, the uh, the overall activity portions of that index were quite a bit stronger than expected. But the prices paid component, which is a bit more linked to uh, prices seen and prices paid by uh, by businesses, that actually continued to come down. And I think as we look through the upcoming inflation data, the CPI, and also the non-farm payroll uh, that you'll have all seen by the time you have heard this recording, it's important to consider the, you know, the difference between activity data and inflation data, because if you're in an environment where activity data is performing pretty well, but the actual inflation data is not accelerating meaningfully, that could actually be a pretty positive environment um, for risk assets if that is the type of environment that can prevail. But I think the way the market is looking at this activity and the way that rates are reacting is that that activity data being strong increases future risks for inflation, that the risks to inflation may continue to be on the upside and that central banks globally are going to have to respond to that. And so you've seen these higher yields. Um, So far, you have seen equity markets, for example, have been trading pretty resiliently through these higher yields. That's something that's going to be important to watch as well, because for the US and, and FX markets, it's not just about rates. It's also about the broader risk picture and the broader growth outlook that, you know, if you're in an environment where uh, growth can continue to perform, um, that could be one that could be more conducive to kind of a soft landing type environment. But you have these higher rates propelling weaker growth expectations, especially um, outside of the U.S. That could be a per- environment where the dollar performs performs better. So certainly for the dollar, I think it'll be key to watch the upcoming data, not just for the Fed, uh, but also uh, looking across the the global spectrum is, do we have an environment where the U.S. is accelerating while the rest of the world is moderating or slowing? Because that's the type of environment in which the dollar tends to do pretty well. That's a great point that, you know, inflation is coming lower and um, perhaps not as fast as the Fed or even markets want, but, you know, eventually rates market have to reprice in, in terms of central bank action. And I know you have just come back from Asia and are very jet lagged. And um, you have to tell us what were Asian investors thinking about the U.S. economy and the dollar when you spoke to them? You know, I think a lot of investors, you know, we met with a lot of investors before some of this recent economic data surprised pretty consistently to the top side. Um, And there were a lot of expectations that data would continue to be solid. I mean, a lot of people pointing to the labor market and saying that this strong labor market is likely to continue um, to propel the U.S. into a pretty strong uh, backdrop. Um, But on and I think a lot were looking for the Fed to continue hiking and essentially looking at interest rates and interest rate differentials and seeing an environment that was still pretty conducive um, to carry currencies generally, looking at high interest rates. Um, as really a driver of outperformance in a lot of cases. And especially in Asia, as you know, Emer, it's a region where in emerging markets, it, uh, those economies in Asia tend to have lower yields. Uh, and so that region generally was sort of disfavored for that reason. Um, China was a particularly interesting point because, you know, talking about carry currencies, uh, cutting the policy rate in China and low interest rates is a pretty big a point of contention and a potential point of weakness uh, for the Chinese currency that I certainly noted uh, during my discussions in region. 
So I think the outlook for the U.S. and U.S. dollar in region did lean on the bullish side. I think there were concerns kind of on both sides of what we call the dollar smile. If you think about if economic data turns poorly, if the global growth were to slow, you know, you've already seen slowing expectations in China, for example, those slowing expectations, those could boost the dollar in kind of a risk off environment. Then there were also concerns in the other direction that if the data are too strong, uh, that if the U.S. data remain very strong, that could also keep the dollar uh, supported. So I think the balance of opinions, when you take that together, uh, leaned positive for the dollar on that. Yeah, and I think it's a really good point that you mentioned that Asian investors were actually, you know, quite optimistic on the dollar. They saw a number of reasons why it could continue to perform. But at the same time, they thought that carry, EM, high carry could also perform. And that's kind of been one of our, you know, highest convictions and best goals is that we continue to think that, you know, in places like LLM, which offer you just, you know, historically lucrative carry, uh, BRL and Max still have hired to go despite very stretched kind of valuations and in my region you know I'm looking at you know the Czech Corona, the Polish Zadi um, where I think they've got high carry you know they're underpinned by strong domestic fundamentals we've seen a correction in current account deficits that blew out last year when you have higher energy import costs and you have relatively limited political risk there as well a caveat with the saying that um you know Hoff that was probably you know the high carry favor and um, of this year is probably a little bit more risk, uh, more at risk given kind of political considerations and fiscal risk, and it's probably quite stretched. But Brian, thank you so much for joining us today and taking us through um, some you know, stellar US data and, and just the different dynamics which are really pulling the dollar at the moment. Guys, that's it for us today. Um, if you did like the podcast, please do click like and remember to subscribe so you can get the latest episode first. Thanks again.